thank you for each and every person that's here in this room. We thank you, Father, right now that you have a plan and a purpose for their life, and we thank you that they will fulfill that plan, that they will fulfill that purpose. We thank you, Father, as, as we hear the word. We thank you, Father, that that word will penetrate the hearts and the lives of each and every one of us and help us to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. But we thank you most of all that we'll take forth the word that we hear that springs forth life on the inside of us and we'll go out to the highways and the byways and we'll share the love of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying and hurting world. Father God, we thank you for revival to this nation. We thank you for revival to this generation. We thank you for signs, wonders, miracles, and healings taking place in our midst. And we thank you that we come not in our own strength. We come not in our own power. We come not in our own might, but we come in your strength and your power and your might that you be lifted up. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that lives big on the inside of us, that leads us and guides us and shows the way and gives us utterance to speak with all boldness, the uncompromising gospel of Jesus Christ. But Father God, we thank you most of all for your anointing. We thank you, Father, anyone that is in this room or anyone that's watching online that's going through any kind of situation, whether it be physical, financial, spiritual, emotional, we thank you that the anointing of Jesus Christ will minister to them, will touch their, their bodies, will touch their hearts, will touch their minds. We thank you, Father, for everything you have done and everything you are doing both here and around the world. And we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> praise God. Don't forget to, to keep praying for the nation of Israel, all the conflict going on over there. And, you know, um, it's pretty sad. Um, but also, too, there are, there are a number of Christians in the, in the Palestinian area as well. So, you know, I mean, there's also a number of innocent people as well. And you know, war is not a, not, a, not a good thing at all. Um, but I do want to let you guys know, um, obviously, um, Kirk Tabad did a wonderful job the other day, um, Wednesday night. Um, um, talking about that, <clears throat> but um, um, Kirk um, recorded three podcasts with Tony and myself, and we have actually um, uploaded the first of the three, um, so wherever you find podcasts, you can check out the Rhema podcasts, and um, like I said, we have three of them we recorded, the first one's out, the, the next two, I'll probably wait, probably every other day, I'll, I'll probably release the other two. Um, in the first one, the one that's released now, um, Kirk actually goes back and talks about why the Palestinians and the Israelis um, don't like each other. I mean, you know, because a lot of people don't understand the history and what's going on and things like that. So um, check it out, Rainbow Podcast, wherever you find podcasts. You know, um, we're on everywhere, Spotify, um, Apple, something called Podbean. Never heard of it, but it's out there. Anywhere you find podcasts, you'll find the Rainbow Podcast. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn in your Bibles or... I should say devices. Many of you probably don't have a Bible. Or you have a Bible, you don't have it with you. Um, John 13, um, verses 34 and 35. John 13, verses 34 and 35. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Once again, I do want to um, welcome all you guys here from Rama College Weekend. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend. Um, you know, and hopefully we'll be seeing a lot of you in January or in next um, next year in September. All right, John 13, 34, starts out, Jesus said, now notice this is red letters, that means Jesus talking. It says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Now let's stop right there. When Jesus gives us a commandment, do you think that is a suggestion? 
You know, because a lot of people, you know, it seems that, that we take commandments in the Bible as suggestions. It's not a suggestion. Jesus didn't say, he's talking to the disciples here. He didn't say, hey guys, I'm giving you a, a new suggestion. No, he says, I'm giving you a new commandment. He, he's telling them what they should do. Now, what should they do? He says, um, love each other just as I have loved you. You shall love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, when it says love each other, he's not just talking about for those guys that love the other 12 or the other 11. Um, you know, he's talking about we need to love each other. We need to love the world. And, um, you know, today I want to talk about the subject of unforgiveness, because if you're walking in unforgiveness, you're not walking in love. If you're not walking in love, people are going to wonder, are you a Christian or not? Because one sign of a Christian is people walk in love. Now, it's interesting why I talk to a lot of Christians and they tell me that they have trouble with their love walk. Well, the Bible says that God is love. All right, if God is love and love is God and you have trouble with your love walk, that means you have trouble with your God walk. You know, um, like I said, we were given the command to love each other. Not a suggestion, not like, well, you know, if you think it would be okay, you can love each other. No, we should love each other, and people who love each other don't hate each other. All right? You know, now, uh, fortunately, we have a big church, but there are some churches that it's really hard to get away from people that you kind of don't like or you have, kind of have contentions with. But, you know, there are a lot of people that are walking in unforgiveness or maybe, you know, they have a grudge um, against someone. So turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18, Matthew 18, verse 21. And this is from the NLT as well. It says, then Peter, you know, it would always be Peter. Uh, he came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? So, so Peter's like, you know, there's people that sin against me, and I don't know how much, you know, how much mercy and grace and forgiveness I have. So, you know, so, so what is the minimum amount I, I need, need? He said seven times. He thought seven times kind of sounded pretty good. You know, that's God's number, you know. So I guess, you know, seven strikes and you're out, um, in, in his own opinion. Now, some people aren't that gracious. It's three strikes and you're out. Um, you know, and some people, it's, you're just out. All right. But Jesus replied, he says this, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Basically, Jesus is saying, you know what? You need to be forgiving no matter what. And then he goes into this um, Parable, and many people don't realize what the parable actually means, but it says this. Therefore, um, verse 23, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who, de who, who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his de um, debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold um, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, for he released him and forgave his debt. I mean, that's pretty awesome. When you owe millions of dollars to somebody and they... Um, 
tell you, hey, it's been forgiven. Um, you know, especially when they were fixing to sell you and your children um, to help pay that. It goes on to say, but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Now, I've often wondered about this. How can a guy go into prison, pay, your, pay his debt off in full? I mean, you know, I'm not sure what, how he did it, but I guess he did. Um, it goes on to say, when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the kingdom, told them everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man who had forgiven, who he had forgiven, and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid uh, his entire debt. Now we look at that and most Christians say, well, I would never do that. You know, if somebody forgave millions of dollars of debt, you know, I would go ahead and forgive that couple thousand dollars. I mean, that's no big deal. But the point is, is that God forgave a debt we could not pay by sending his son, Jesus Christ. He gave us Jesus. You know, we couldn't pay that debt back. There's, there's no way to pay. Only Jesus could pay our debt for us. It, it was too much of a burden for us to bear. But we, you know, even after all our debts have been forgiven, over small little pitiful stuff, we take it out on our brother. Or our sister, I should say, too, because some of you, maybe it's a woman. You know, we, we, um, we let things get between us. You know, that's, that's very small. Like, you know, a few thousand dollars is very, very small compared to a million dollars. You know, I mean, you know, you know, thousand dollars might be some money, but it's pretty small. And the thing about it is we a lot of times walk with unforgiveness in our heart. Um, the other day I was talking to an individual and that's why I started, you know, thought about this. And um, she was talking about somebody um, she was talking to on the, on the telephone that was being very judgmental towards some other Christian brothers. And um, she was defending um, those individuals. And then the Lord checked her and said, and, and she even told me, she goes, Craig, I, I just um, thought about this. I have been very judgmental toward other people. Just the same as this man did. And it took this person doing the same thing that I did for me, me to, to actually realize that. And I had to change some things in my life. And she also says she realized when she had unforgiveness in her heart, it didn't bother the other person, but it bothered her. There, the other person, like, I don't know how many times I've heard dad say the same thing. People come up and says, you know, and ask me to forgive them. Um, because they said some things about me or whatever. I'm like, okay, but I didn't really know they said anything about me. It wasn't bothering me, but obviously it was bothering them. Whatever they said, you know, I mean, it doesn't really bother me to, to talk about me. I don't, I don't really care hundred percent. And if anyone's in ministry, you better not care because people say things about you all the time. I mean, it's just part of, part of life. People are just people. Do you realize people are people? Um, and, um, you know, unfortunately, around the church world, gossip is a big deal, especially among 
you know, it's among ladies in, in the church. And I always, I joke, but I'm, I'm serious. The person that I think takes on the chin the most is the pastor's wife. Because people judge the way they, what, what they wear, how they look, how they carry themselves, things like that, you know. But we shouldn't hold anything against anybody. It doesn't matter what they've done. You say, well, well, yeah, but, you know, but they did this to me. They, they did, you know, Jesus didn't, didn't say, well, well, you know, if they did this to you, then you can hold a grudge. If they did that to you, then you can hold a grudge. No, you need to forgive them no matter what. Um, no matter what. Walk in, un, walk in forgiveness, not unforgiveness. And, and I tell you, um, you know, you need to have a, a short-term memory, all right? Maybe you need to have amnesia in the spirit. Maybe that, that, will, that will help you, I guess. Um, you know, the, the thing about it is, you know, our father remembers our sin no more, so why can't we be like, like, like him? You know, if we really want to do the WWJD thing for, for you back in the 90s, um, there was a, they had bumper stickers, coffee mugs, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And the funny part about it is, you know, a number of times you see someone with a bumper sticker and they're over there, you know, just honking and doing all kinds of stuff. And a few times, actually one time I actually saw um, a gentleman who had a WWJD sticker, put, stick his head out the window and give somebody the bird. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm sure Jesus would do that. I mean, you know, I mean, you know they were just telling they were number one with the wrong finger, I guess. I don't know. Um, you know, but it is interesting because a lot of us, we say something, but we don't do something. In fact, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to forgive them, but I'm never going to forget it. Well, if you don't forget it, you haven't forgiven them. You haven't forgiven them if you don't forget it. And, you know, there are a lot of people that have that attitude. Well, I'm, I'm going to forgive them. You know, and, and really, honestly, the, the thing is you get to forgive them, not you have to forgive them. I mean, why hold a grudge? A grudge makes no sense. Um, you know, and then some people hold a grudge against people that didn't do anything to them. It's because somebody else told them that they did something to somebody else, and sometimes it wasn't even them. It was like fourth-hand information that would never be held up in court, but because of fourth-hand information, you're mad at somebody. Or then some people have no clue what they did, they just hold them a grudge. Um, I don't know um, if some of you, I mean, I never really watched this show, but, but, but a number of years ago, there were two young ladies who happened to be um, kind of famous, um, Paris Hilton and Nicole Ritchie. They, they had some kind of uh, reality TV show, and, and they would do odd, weird jobs, you know, that most, you know, pristy girls wouldn't do, you know, like milk cows and all kinds of stuff, whatever. And they were best friends. And all of a sudden, while they're filming the show, something happened. They got mad at each other, and that's how the show ended up can't, being canceled because these best friends, I don't know what happened. I don't think they know what happened because like four or five years later, Rolling Stone magazine d did an article, and they were interviewing one of the two. I can't remember because I really didn't pay a whole lot of attention. I just, rem I just remember this was a news story. This person... One of the two, can't remember which one of the girls, whenever, so Rolling Stone Magazine asked them, hey, can you, let, can you tell us 
what the other person did, you know, why you went from being best friends to like not liking each other and saying rude things about each other. And you know what they, that person said? I can't remember, I just hate her. I can't remember. But she's still holding a grudge. She's holding a grudge for something she can't remember what the person even done. And you know what? We, we, we might think that's stupid, but some of us do the same thing. You know, it's one of those sins that, that well, we forgave them, but I'm not going to forget it. And, you know, do you understand if you don't forget it every time that they're around you, you think about it? It bothers you? You know, but we, we shouldn't have a grudge. I mean, I mean, why, especially a Christian, why would a Christian hold a grudge? No, I, I get it. You know, we all are natural people. All right, so sometimes, you know, when something happens and somebody maybe does something to you or, now I will say this, you know, we live in a generation that, that's, um, we get offended about everything. Sometimes you just need to quit getting offended about anything. I mean, what's it really matter? I mean, we get offended sometimes when someone's telling a joke and, you know, we think, well, well you know, you were cutting me down or you were doing this and you were, doing, you know, just quit getting so offended. And then some people, they read somebody's Facebook status or, or, or whatever. I think they're talking about me. They don't even know they're talking about them. They don't know who they're talking about. You know, but they, they just assume they're talking about this other person. Turn your Bibles to one of the scriptures that we read here a lot. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Mark eleven twenty four. I'm going to read from the New King James, and we all know what this scripture says. It says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Many people know that scripture, and they, they live in that scripture. But then, here you are, you're still praying in Mark eleven twenty five. 25. See, a lot of people, we want to take a scripture and cut it out of the Bible, and we forget about the scripture behind it or before it. You know, some things you need to read in context. It says this, and whenever you stand praying, so this person's still praying, and evidently they're standing while they're praying because it says whenever you stand praying. So, you know, it's scriptural to stand and pray. I'm, just, I'm joking, okay? So nobody's laughing. You guys are half asleep, I guess. All right? You can pray standing. You can pray kneeling. Or, you know, you can pray anyway. It says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. I'm going to say forgive him or her, all right? That your father in heaven may also forgive you in your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. You know what? It's important to forgive people whenever you have something against somebody. You know, and this indicates that while you're praying and believing God for stuff, if you don't forgive these people, you're not going to get your stuff. You know, don't hold contentious. Now, I like to read the King James Version in this, and it's really weird, but, but for some reason, I believe when you read the King James, it actually speaks more to you, even though it's using a word that nobody uses anymore. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an example you can understand. It says this, verse 24, King James, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. So I want to Take the word ought, ought against any. 
Now, we don't use the word ought, but I'm going to explain ought because, you know, you ought to understand what it means. All right, you know, many people, like I said, they say, well, I've forgiven that person, but I'm not going to forget it. Well, here, here, here's, I'm going to explain ought to you. You know, whenever we have mutual friends, you know, it's interesting, whenever you look at, at Facebook or something like, especially Facebook, whenever it, it comes up that you might want to add this person as your friend and, and you find out you have like 34 mutual friends with them. It's interesting. Sometimes you're like, man, I didn't know they were friends with this person, friends with that person. Sometimes they're not even friends. They're just online friends. But, but we know when we have mutual friends, a lot of times we get invited to weddings, funerals, birthday parties, you know, whatever, or maybe even, you know, some kind of other activity, some kind of, you know, business function or whatever, um, or my, my, my world political function. And you happen to be around somebody that maybe you've had contentious with. All right. If you're around, if you're at a, at a public event and you run into somebody that, um, that you've had a dispute with, and whenever you see them, you're avoiding them the whole night, then you have ought against them. And I don't care if you tell me, well, Craig, I've forgiven them. Well, if you've forgiven them, you know, if, if you're going to be like Jesus, if you've forgiven them, you know, like, you know, he remembers our sin no more. So you don't have anything against them. So if you don't have ought against them, then if you see them, you'll go up and talk with them, you know, and it will be normal. You'll have a normal conversation. Everything will be fine. But if you haven't forgiven them, you have what we call ought. And you ought not to have ought. And if you have ought, you ought to get rid of it. I mean, if you walk in a room or, or maybe you came to church today and, and you were in the North Lobby or the South Lobby or, or whatever, or maybe like I said, you're in the bookstore and there was somebody there that you looked at and you like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna avoid that person because I don't wanna talk to that person. Now, you know, you know, if, if there's odd against that person, then you ought to get rid of it. You say, well, yeah, but, you know, they're going to still be mad at me. You know what? It's not up to you to determine what they're going to do. I mean, if they're going to get mad at you, who cares? The, the, person, the thing is, you have to get that out of your mind. It's, and sometimes when you go talk to that person, it, 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 well, I'll give you an example. I, I was... Um, at Woodland Hills Mall one day, all right, I parked um, close to J.C. Penney's, all right? I didn't buy anything at J.C. Penney's, but I walked out of J.C. Penney's, and I looked out into the mall, and there was an individual that had recently said some things um, um, about my family. Um, actually, it was about my oldest son, Cameron. Um, he, was, he was a little brat back then, but anyway, he had said some um, said some things, not about him being a brat, um, just, just some, I can't remember what he said, but not to me. He said it to somebody else, but it, but it, it got back to me. And when I looked out there and it was a petty thing, it wasn't anything major. It wasn't like he was, you know, it just, you know, just kind of made me mad. And when I, but I, when I looked out the mall, I, I actually, um, I, um, saw the person. That person was not facing me. They were walking the other way. All right. They would, I could have walked in the mall and they would have never seen me unless we would have crossed paths at some certain time. But when I looked at that person, immediately I kind of got angry because I started thinking about what the person said. And then when I got angry, something on the inside just checked me and I made it a beeline for that person and began to talk. I could give the person a hug. Now this person at this point in time, 
doesn't know that I know anything that he, that he said. But as soon as I walked up, you know, I mean, I, you know, everything was, 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 I mean, I got rid of my aunt. You know, um, interesting part about him, a number of years later, I ran into this person um, in an airport. Um, and they pulled out of their briefcase my first book, The Power of God, El Poder de Dios, if you speak Spanish, available in Spanish or English. Um, and they told me, said, so Craig, I read this book all the time. It's been such a blessing to me. You know, I just want to, I just want to thank you. Interesting part about it is, I wonder if that book would have been a blessing to them if I would have went and gave them a piece of my mind, you know, many years later. You know, there probably would have been contention between me and them for a long time because of that. And, and speaking about giving a person a piece of your mind, this is something I got from my good friend Todd White. He says, you know what? If we have the mind of Christ and we give a, give a person a piece of our mind, then we really give a person a piece of Christ's mind, which Christ's mind is not going to be hateful, rude, you know, those kind of things. So instead of giving someone a piece of your mind, you should renew your mind and then go give them a piece of Christ's mind. You know, the, the thing about it, there was just something that actually fell away when I went to co- talk to this individual. Now, we never, I never mentioned anything about what I was mad about. They never mentioned anything, you know. But, you know, when I went and talked to them, I really meant that, that you know, that, that I cared about them. And, and they've been a friend for a long time. So, you know, they just said, said something. You know, people sometimes say hurtful things. And I tell you, the, the people who say the most hurtful things are the people who are hurting. And a lot of times people are hurting about something else and they take it out on you for whatever reason. You know, the the deal is just let it go. It's not worth it to have ought in your life. It's not worth it to to be upset at somebody. You know, I I tell you, I mean, it's, and and plus, if you're mad at too many people, you can't go to any function. (laughs) Or if you go to a function, you're gonna like, well, I gotta avoid this person, gotta avoid that person. I mean, I don't avoid anybody. I mean, you know, I just walk up and talk to them. I, I don't care. And the other side about it is said, well, yeah, but Craig, what, what if they, they don't like me? You know, it's, it's not up to them to, to like you or, or whatever. You know, what they do is between you and uh, them and God, just like what you do is between, you know, you and God. Now, you know, there are going to be some times you might walk up and talk to them and they're feeling, they're, they're feeling odd, but that, they ought not to have it. You know, I mean, they ought to get rid of their odd. And if they don't get rid of it, that's not up to you to get rid of it for them, you know. But we should treat each other, you know, with the same kind of love and same kind of respect. And you say, well, yeah, but they've done some mean things to me. Okay, they're, that means that they're just a person. How many of you have not said something about somebody that, that you wish you wouldn't have said? We've all done it. We've all said things. I'm going to give you a, 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 um, something um, a, a word of um, caution. If you want to say mean or rude, rude things about people, please do not do it online. And, and if you do it online, do not mention them by name. It's really hard to get rid of that one. You know, because how many times have you been watching the news or whatever and they say, well, so-and-so said a deleted tweet. Just because you delete your tweet or delete your, your status doesn't mean it goes away and doesn't mean somebody didn't see it. All right, and I guarantee you, it'll eventually get back to that person, whether they saw it or not. You know what? If you're mad at somebody, and you, then give your phone to somebody else. Do not get on your computer. All right. I mean, you know, you know, just just don't do it. You know, why don't you go have a, a time of prayer 
and then you can do it. You know, that, that's the thing, you know, but, because things we put online are out there for, forever. And a lot of people have ruined a lot of relationships by, by saying things online. And I think there are some people just want to stir up the pot online every day. Some ministers I know that they just like to stir the pot. I don't, I don't know why. I don't, I don't, you know, I have often said if some ministers would actually spend as much time going out and getting people saved as they do stirring up the pot, man, we would have, we would have a revival um, anyway. But um, don't post things online because, you know, it's, it's just really hard to take it back. And, and if you are going to post them, at least do it cryptic. All right. Do not say people's names because it's, it's really, really tough. Um, in fact, I, I know an individual, this, this is a minister who I was, um, who mentioned some, someone's name, another minister um, from the pulpit. And eventually about a month later found, found out that that was just a false rumor, you know, and it really kind of hurt their relationship. Um, and it wasn't even true. So just because you hear something on the internet doesn't make it true, folks. Well, just because brother so I don't care who brother so-and-so is, just because brother so-and-so says something doesn't make it true. You know, it should be like a court of law. Give me the evidence. You know, if you give me the evidence, and then the other side about it is, you know, I don't believe that in public you should be talking about your brother anyway. If you have an issue with them, talk to them in private. And if, you know, or pray for him, you know, don't talk about him because I think that that just really hurts the body of Christ. But don't have ought, no matter what. Now, I'll tell you what happens and, and why we start getting ought. It, it comes down to, um, um, turn your Bibles, let me find it, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians um, thir- chapter 13. This is the, um, the love um, chapter. Um, reading from the New Living Translation, verse 4, it says this, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And here's the big one. And it keeps no record of being wronged. So if you're really walking in love, you keep no record of being wronged. Because I know people that keep lots of records. In fact, I know people that keep, you know, physical records of being wronged. I say I know. I don't really know them, but I know, I know there are people that do. You know what? According to the word, according to the Bible, if, you've been, if, if someone's done you wrong, you keep no record. So you, you know, some people say, well, you know, you, you do it to me you know, once, it's, it's, um, it's your fault. Do it to me twice, it's my fault. No, you don't keep a record. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what they've done. If you're keeping a record, now here's the other side of it. Now, I've seen this happen in relationships or whatever. It could be husband and wife, could be boyfriend and girlfriend, could be just best friends or whatever. And somebody does something, you know, they've forgiven them, but then the next time they do something similar, they bring it back up again. So obviously they're keeping a record. If they wouldn't be keeping a record, they wouldn't remember. Remember spiritual amnesia? Maybe that's what we should title this, spiritual amnesia. That's what you need. You need to have spiritual amnesia. You need to be able to forget about it. It doesn't matter what they've done in the past. Let it go. Well, that's, that's according to the Bible. My grandfather always says, what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible says don't keep a record of wrong. So if you're keeping a record of wrong, you're wrong and you have ought. So you're wrong on two accounts. Um, you know, I like it what it says in the amplified classic version um, here of, of verse number 
5, we'll look at it. It says, um, it's not conceited, um, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It's not rude and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own right or its own way, for it's not self-seeking, it's not touchy or fretful or resentful. Here it goes. It takes no account of evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. I mean, you know, someone does you wrong, you just don't worry about it. You keep on, you keep on going. Yeah, but this person did this and that person, well, you know, there should be no buts in the Bible. doesn't matter what they've done. You're, you're like, yeah, but they were mean. They were rude. People are mean and rude. I'm going to tell you that right ahead of time. People are mean and rude every day. And there's going to be people that are mean and rude to you and you're going to have to just not let it bother you. And if you let it bother you, that means you're holding on. That means you're holding on forgiveness. And that means if you're holding on forgiveness, then you're not walking in love. Because First Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. If you're keeping a record of wrong, you're not walking in love. And if you're not walking in love, you're not doing what God wants you to do. And I know it's pretty quiet here. I guess a lot of you are holding on or something. Um, maybe you're thinking that I ought not to speak on unforgiveness. I know it's a touchy subject and, you know, probably there might be somebody right now that you're thinking about, man, I've been holding on against that person for a long time. Well, then you ought to get rid of it today. You know, you say, well, they're not around here for me to get rid of it. You know, just, just ask the Lord to take, to take that away from me. You know, it, it doesn't really help having odd against anybody. It doesn't matter. Now, like I said, we're human nature. Human nature sometimes we, can get, we get mad at someone, if, you know, and for a second, you know, but then whenever you get mad at something on the inside, something should say, uh-uh, you know, quit, quit, quit being mad. You know, a lot of times whenever somebody's contentious to us, we have an opportunity to throw it back in their face or just to drop it. You know, a lot of times what happens, you, you realize it takes two people to argue. And if the other person won't argue back, there is no argument. And so a lot of times, and I get it, maybe you're volleying back and forth arguments, but at some point in time, somebody's got to stop. You know, so someone's got to catch yourself, and you know what, and just decide, hey, I'm not going to argue anymore. Now, it's taken me a long time to not, just to be able to stop arguing. I'm, I'm a good arguer, you can ask my mom. Um, so. <laughs> and so, but I guess as I got older, I'm like, you know, is it really worth it? I mean, you know, is it really worth arguing about something stupid? I mean, most stupid thing I argued about one time, um, uh, it just comes to mind. I don't, I mean, it was like a, almost felt like a, you know, my wife and I argued about which is the north window in our house. <laughs> and you're like, because I'm trying to tell, and I was right, you know, which I am right 98% of the time. Um, <laughs> Because the, the way our house sits is kind of is kind of on a curve. There isn't really a north window. The window that I was said was north was northwest. Now you say, well, Craig, why do you want to know which window faces north? Because I got for Christmas a Sirius XM radio, and it says that it works best with the antenna if it faces north. So find the north window, and that's where you should put put the stereo. And I'm like. And this was a number of years ago. And, I, and I'm, now I found out, do you realize I could put it in the south window and it still worked? <laughs> but I'm trying to follow directions. The direction says find the north window. And, you know, 
my wife says one went one way was north. I said, no, this is north. So um, this is before, you know, nowadays on your iPhone, you have, you know, you can have um, compasses where I couldn't find a compass. I actually pulled my car in my front yard <laughs> and faced, I'm seriously, because I, I had a compass, you know, it's in, in, you know, on the little, you know, above the mirror, it, it tells you what way it faces. I pulled my car, you know, so the front door's here. I backed it up, you know, uh, on my front lawn and it was Northwest, which that's what I kept saying because the window that she was saying was one in my study that she says, you know, I said that faces Northwest and, and, um, you know, the other window she wants to want me to put it in, it, it actually, it, it, it faced it more west. Actually, no, that one faced east, I guess. And, and so I was right, but it, it was stupid. Why are we arguing over north? And if anyone wants to know, the north is this way right here, north lobby. Um, and actually, I think we purposely built the building this way to help my mom. Because my mom's directly challenged in any way she's facing is north. And so when you're standing at the, at the um, podium, you always know that's the North Lobby because that's North. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I'm showing you a dumb argument to, sh- you, know, you know, but a lot of times we have dumb arguments as well. We hold things against people. Now, I wasn't holding it against her. She doesn't know what way North was. But, but you know, we, <laughs> we fought for like 20 minutes over North. That meant nothing. This is the day after Christmas. <laughs> I'm just trying to use my Christmas present. But I found out, I actually took it to every window in my house. It worked north, south, east, west. It didn't matter what window. I guess my house is, 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 has a clear reception. I was able to get it anywhere. But it told me on my directions, it works best if you find the north window. We have no north window at our house because it, the, the way it works, you know, everything it doesn't, I mean, nothing's true north, you know. And so I was right, which I am right 98% of the time. There is a 2% of the time that, that I am wrong, but it's not, it's very, very rare, you know, very rare occasion. It, it might be 99% of the time I'm right. What? You know, very rare, but you know, the 2% or 1% or the point, you know, 001% that I'm wrong, I will admit to that. Um, you know. Now, I'm probably lying here a little bit or fibbing a little bit. I probably am wrong a little more than 1% or 2%, but, but it's not usual. Um, because n- normally I want to make sure I know what the facts are, I want to find out what's going on. The problem is, I didn't have a compass. I couldn't find a compass, man. I was, I was actually trying to, you know, figure out. And I, the, the iPhones were out. I just couldn't find a compass app that worked or whatever. So I'm like, where can I find a compass? I don't want to go to Walmart and buy one because we're trying to. So um, I remembered my car had one. So I pulled it in the front yard all over north. Now, you're probably not going to remember anything I said, but you can remember I had a fight over north. So anyway, that's some interesting. But, you know, you probably had fights over dumb stuff. Over stupid stuff. And, and, you know, in essence, did it really matter? I mean, the whole thing didn't matter because I found that didn't matter what window I put it in. We, we all do those kind of things. But you know what? Sometimes we just got to stop. Sometimes we just got to stop arguing and, 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 and move on. Or sometimes it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, but, but we're just that way. 
But the next time that you walk into a function and there's somebody there that for some reason, see what happens is you look at you, just like I did when I walked in the mall. You see that person, all of a sudden you kind of start having, you know, weird feeling. I got to avoid that person. That means you have, uh, you should go talk to that person. Well, they, they don't want to talk to me. I don't care. The Bible didn't say, well, they, you know, if they don't want to talk to you, then they don't forgive them. You know, it doesn't matter. Let it go. Let your ought go. And I tell you, you know, you're going to find out you're a whole lot more free in life if, if you're not worried about people who, who dislike you. Or, and, and I'm going to tell you, people are people. There are going to be people in this world that dislike you. All right? They're, they're going to say rude things about you. Sometimes they mean it. Sometimes they don't. You know, it, it is what it is. All right? Um, you know, and also, too, I, I want to give you another word of advice that my grandfather gave me. Hate should not be in your vocabulary. Uh, the only person that you're allowed to hate is the devil himself or his, his demons. Um, you know, you don't hate your brother. You don't hate your, you know, your sister. You don't hate your, your in-laws or whoever. There is no hate in the 918 or any, any zip code or, or area code. Um, it doesn't matter. We shouldn't hate. It shouldn't be a vocabulary, you know. I, I don't even like to say I hate sweet potatoes, even though I dislike them a lot. Um, I, I don't know why. Just, I've always disliked them. I don't, like, I don't like the smell of sweet potatoes. Um, and you can ask my mom. I don't like sweet potatoes. Never have. Never will. Won't ever try them again. You know. Well, because, of, you know, one time I, they made me, I think I threw up seven times. You know, that's God's number, actually, you know. You know. At least it wasn't 70 times seven. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, and as a kid, you know, sometimes that would be the vegetable of the day. You know, when you get school lunches or whatever, I'd have to turn my plate the other way. I just, the, the smell would make me sick. Now, I don't know if I'm really allergic to it or not, but I used to always say, hey, sweet friends. Now I just say I dislike them. I don't hate anything. I'm not supposed to hate. We shouldn't hate. We shouldn't have ought. We shouldn't have contention. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and we praise you for each and every person that's here, each and every person on, that's watching online. Father God, we thank you that you'll help us learn to forgive. Whenever there's somebody out there that we have ought against them, Father God, we just thank you that you'll help us to be able to drop that, to walk in love so that people will know that, you, that we are your disciples. We thank you, Father, that, that you'll just help us on a daily basis. And, and when we have an opportunity to be mean or be rude or, 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 or keep an argument going, you thank you, Father, that you'll check us on the inside, that you'll help us to be able to just drop it. Help us to keep no record of wrong. Help us to be able to continue to walk, walk in love on a daily basis. But Father God, we thank you for each and every person here. And we thank you if someone is here that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. We thank you, Father, that they won't leave this place without um, accepting him as their Savior and Lord.